Hey, it's Lulu Amanderson, and welcome to this Neyman podcast. If it's in the morning, good morning, wherever you are. If it's in the afternoon, I hope you're having a great day. If it's in the evening, I uh, hope you sleep tight, I guess. <laughs> but uh, I'm thankful you downloaded this podcast and listen to, listen to it before you go to sleep. So yeah, today uh, I wanted to touch on the whole Facebook thing, but it's basically nothing new. I don't know if you heard or you watched the news. Uh, there was a whistleblower. This female was, uh, you know, employed by Facebook. I didn't read too much into the story, but basically what happened is she's talking about that Facebook prioritizes, you know, engagement more than anything else. It, they don't really care about you. We all knew that. Obviously, Facebook will um, let hateful things happen on Facebook because, you know, hate, uh, you know, people are more engaged when they hate someone or they hate something or they are angry rather than when they are happy. Like everybody knows that uh, these social media platforms are built on rage and hate. So I don't know why we are surprised. So, yeah, basically, that's it. It's nothing new. It's nothing that we've never heard about. So I don't even want to touch on it too much. So, but I'm going to get into the topic of today. But before I get into that, you know, uh, please follow if you're liking the content, if you are downloading the episode, because I see a lot of people are downloading the episode. <laughs> so, yeah, it would really be appreciated if you were to follow. So, but anyways, today we are going to talk about black techs, black techs and how black parents are hindering their, uh, you know, kids from succeeding. So, I often get angry and I get really, really angry when someone tells me, oh, apartheid was like uh, more than 25 years ago. Why are you complaining? There's equal opportunity for everyone. Now, okay, that's kind of true. But dear friend, there is a thing called black tax. Basically, black tax is when parents force their kids to support them instead of their kids buying a home or buying a car and starting a new life, they have to pay restitution to the parents, to the whole family, basically. In some cases, you are not really forced to do all this. But if you've grown up poor and, you know, you were in an environment whereby you could sleep without any food, you would really feel guilty if you were to go out there and start a new life. So... <sighs> You have to buy your parents a new home, or rather a home. Uh, if they had a smaller home, I guess you'd buy them a new home. So in some cases, you have to renovate the house that they were living in and, you know, build a bigger house. In some family, it gets worse because you find uh, people living in mixed families. You, know, you have your uncle, you have your aunt, everyone is living there. No one moved out. So it's a common thing among, amongst black families. I, I didn't grow up in that kind of family, uh, thankfully, you know. We were all crammed in this small space. We were a big family, but uh, we were just one singular family. So when you're living in a mixed family, you can't even focus on your studies. You can't even study because everyone is making noise. You don't even have a room to yourself but you can focus. So from the get-go, the chips are, are stacked against you. You get what I mean? So your family expects a lot from you. And what makes matters even worse is that probably your parents are not even educated. 
So they don't even know much about many things, especially when it comes to homework. They can't even really help you with your homework. They can't even advise you on the best college or university. So basically, <laughs> you need to take care of them while you won't get the best education. You can even get um, a job at retail, but you still need to support your family. If it's retail, it's even worse. If you couldn't go to varsity or college and get an extremely good job to take care of your family, uh, then you'll probably, you know, be paying black tax for the rest of your life. You won't even start a family, basically. You'll be uh, one of those people month end, you just get drunk uh, to drown your sorrows. So, uh, funny enough, I was in a similar situation. I don't know if uh, you've listened to one of my podcasts. I think um, I uploaded it. Uh, I think it was the, like the third one. Uh, I'll try to remember the name of the podcast. But basically... Uh, I was staying in a one-room apartment for years while I was helping my parents purchase a home. And luckily, it wasn't a mortgage or anything like that. It was pretty cheap. I had a kid and a wife at that time, and we were living in a one-room apartment. And by one room, I don't mean there's a one-bedroom. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was one room, literally one room. It means you had to bath, you had to cook, you had to eat and watch TV in the same room. All three of us were living in that one small room for over a year. Uh, luckily, my wife didn't have to endure what I endured for all those years because I think I lived there for like 10 years or something. And most of the time, I was unemployed or barely making a living. My mom, on the other hand, uh, she was living with my two brothers uh, and my sister. But luckily for them, it was a two-room uh, shack. So one bedroom and there was another shack uh, outside. So basically in South Africa, you have uh, this, you know, you could find a home whereby it's a standalone home. And outside there are like shacks where people can rent. But nowadays it's getting a bit better because most people, they don't have shacks. They actually build uh, rooms outside. Most of them are double story rooms. So people are actually doing better. But back then uh, they lived in uh two room shack and my sister lived uh, outside on another shack as well so like <laughs> we basically basically had it rough so uh, i was doing all of that you know paying uh off all that that mortgage or rather the house and making sure that they're doing well i couldn't move i couldn't buy a car i couldn't really get myself nice things all that often but i have to admit my job i think it's a moderately well-paying job i i think you know uh, according to township standards i guess we, we could survive and i could provide for them and basically the only time i could move was in february of this year uh 2021 so think about it all those years like 10 years i think it was from 2010 and before then I was the one who was living on the shack. So you, you, you can only imagine. It was the five of us, including my dad. But my dad is no longer around. He didn't pass away. He was not a deadbeat dad. But, you know, I just don't want to get into it. But he's still around. He's still alive. But he's just not that involved with our lives anymore. So uh, most black youth are in a similar situation or maybe even a worse situation. And some are fortunate. At least their parents can, they do own houses and all of that. So they don't struggle that much. And some parents, uh, some black parents are educated enough 
to make sure that their kids uh, do well. They actually make sure that they do their homework because there's this, I would say, culture. It's not really a culture. I think it's when you find people who like are poor, right? So you never really focus on your kid's education that much when you're poor. Like you want the next meal. You want to know where is your next meal coming from. So you never really focus on your kids getting the best education. So what you be, what my parents and most parents do, they just send you to school. <laughs> Whatever happens, happens. You, did you write your homework? They don't really ask. Like I remember back in school, like, most of the time, I hadn't done my homework. Most of the time. So me and my friends, uh, we would go to school, right? And there was a certain subject, a certain teacher that's coming into the class. And we would, oh my God, it's maths. I didn't write the homework. And that was an everyday thing. And we were kids. You were just lazy to do your homework. So if your parents are there and your parents, you know, okay, my parents knew the value of education, but did they really? Because they didn't really you know go to school like that they were somewhat let me say they were not educated like that man they could read and write but they were not educated you get what i mean so um black text is the number one reason and is the one thing that hinders most black youth from succeeding i'm sure you're asking yourself why didn't our parents work harder why didn't we work extra hard to make sure that we are well off later on in life? Yeah, there are some smart kids who can actually do that. But most kids, you know, we need special attention. We need guidance to actually succeed. Not all of us are gifted, you know. And our parents also, they grew up in apartheid era, the apartheid era, which didn't really allow for higher education. I mean, the law was Bantu education. Bantu education basically means that uh, our parents were educated enough to actually serve, uh, you know, white people. So you'd find them uh, uh, studying enough to actually uh, speak Afrikaans and English and actually follow instruction and actually cook. And also, also there were garden boys. Yeah, full grown men were called garden boys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was a crazy time. But now, um, in the United States, you could, uh, you know, say that our oh, slavery was like 100 years ago and Jim Crow was like 70 years ago. So they don't really have an excuse, which is still a false narrative because, you know, there are so many things that happened that still hinder, you know, uh, black people in the U.S. to actually succeed. But now in South Africa, it's way worse because... Our parents actually lived apartheid. They actually lived somewhat of a Jim Crow era. So we are more disadvantaged. I think it will take a long time to actually make that happen. But I think in South Africa is a bit better because when you have a government uh, that's black, they are more sympathetic to you know the black residents. You know you are more sympathetic. Unlike a majority white government, they wouldn't be that's sympathetic to you know black people so black people in america would say they have it hard in a way uh, of you know having sympathy from the government and actually the government actually listening to what they have to say and if they have any complaints or anything that goes wrong well in south africa yeah the government listens to some extent but anyways i just wanted to make it a short podcast episode 
I have like a huge episode tomorrow, man. Like I need to really do my research on that. So, but anyways, I'm glad you stuck around and listened. Yeah, I guess I'll have to see you tomorrow. You know, I'm trying to upload as much as possible, as often as possible. I didn't say every day. I don't want to break any promises, you know. So, but anyways, this is Lula Mendelssohn once again from this Neyman podcast. For now, shop, shop.